Jupiter, he really enjoys using going through the nine steps, and he enjoys using the music app. Yes. Can you just share a little bit about what you've seen with him enjoying the tutoring and also enjoying to read now? Yeah, that is that still uh, it kind of just takes my breath away, and is so almost shocking to me when I catch him just reading casually. Um, when you have a child who you know, couldn't memorize his letters, you know, going on a couple years working on that to reading four or five letter words, spelling, spelling difficult and challenging words that I think are even above his level. It's just, it still catches me off guard. And it's so, um, it's so amazing and fulfilling to see that. And I could see how, like you mentioned, how proud he is of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, I think we both felt very kind of hopeless because we didn't know what was wrong. We didn't know, you know, why these things weren't sticking. And so, yeah, it's, he, he actually um, enjoys reading and he's actually, I mean, for how much he's had to catch up, he's actually really good. Welcome to our show today. I'm so excited to have a special guest and his mom today. So today we have an 11th grader or a junior in high school. His name is Tyler Barnes. And we had his mom on last week talking about how she advocated for him to get the right curriculum so he could be learning how to read and write and graduate from high school with honors. So I'm going to have Tyler come on with his mom and They're going to share their story with you. You're all excited to hear from a high school student, as I am as well. So come on, Tyler and Becky, welcome. Hey, howdy. Hi. So Tyler, you have a very special mom who's worked really hard to get you to get the help you need. Do you want to share what it feels like transitioning from struggling when you didn't have the help versus when you finally got the help? How how hard was it for you to learn new ways to do things? Uh, it was really hard. I had to stop what I thought worked, but what really was causing more trouble in the long run. And I had to le- relearn how to read, relearn how to write uh, from the bottom up. And I'm very glad that I did because now I can do it consistently. From the bottom up. So at what grade did you have to do that? Uh, I believe that was sixth grade. Okay. Isn't that amazing? So how'd you feel about all those first five years? Was it frustrating? It was frustrating. I remember I couldn't think of any ideas for art, for writing, uh, I remember the first few years I had a really hard time reading, and then I started just labeling words. And by that, I mean treating words kind of like pictures and just going, oh, that set of letters has this word attached to it, etc. Was that a strategy that you came up with to figure out how to read before the formal yes, help came? Isn't that something? Was something I did so that I could read better before I got formal help. 
and you just worked really extra hard. And we know that you're a bright student. So Mm -hmm. what, what would you, what's in your heart that you want to share with the audience listening for people who have high school kids who are struggling still? Uh, Don't give up. Make sure that you teach your kid phonics. It helps a lot. It may seem minor, but it helps more than you could think. You know, it's interesting. I worked in a private school one time. I was their educational therapist. And when I assessed eighth graders and I assessed second graders, they all have the same phonemic awareness challenge. So I don't want the high schoolers to think that they're dumb or stupid because they're not. It's just there's a starting place. There's a starting place when you learn to work out or you learn to run a marathon. It's a starting point. And I just want to encourage other high schoolers to learn phonics. Even if you're in high school, there's a starting point. So don't feel bad. (laughs) I mean, let's just get it done, right? Yeah, there's nothing to be ashamed of having to start from the bottom up. Everyone starts from the bottom. It doesn't matter if you have to start late. You just need to start. And I think one thing that I can say, when we started, we literally started at kindergarten level redoing. And we were like, we'll, we'll figure out where you're at because things were all over the place. And we use, we've used Orton-Gillingham methods. We've worked with people um, the science of reading, but when you do the science of reading, it also encompasses writing. And Tyler's one of those kids that qualifies probably as stealth dyslexic because when he was testing, he was doing map testing in the 99th percentile. And it always, his comprehension was good. But when you asked him to orally read it or see something he hadn't read before, he couldn't do it and he couldn't tell you sounds, but then no one cared because he was scoring well. Mm-hmm. And then between fifth and sixth grade, we got his end of grade testing, which is South Carolina ready and his vocabulary bottomed out. And when we did an independent test, all of a sudden you see this drop um, coming out. It, it's like the bottom fell out when he was required to do more than the basic like thousand words. Um, and his writing had shown problems and fluency problems way before that. But when we addressed it with the school, we were told specifically that grammar, punctuation, and spelling doesn't matter as much as creativity and imagination. And that's something. And and, I mean, right? Yeah. And uh, let me just say, since getting out of the school system, that is not true. That is not true. That is not true for college, especially creativity mm-hmm. and all that won't help you when you need to write a thousand word paragraph or 5,000 word paragraph. It, yeah. When you write your research paper, did creativity and imagination help you? <laughs> no. What helped me was structuring out my ideas, setting them all up and then putting down points and then adding points to those points and then making it so that they all fit together, and then citing my sources. So basically, structured, mm-hmm. sequential, systematic, explicit, which you, as you know, you're, you're, you can't address the reading issues without addressing the writing issues, because they, they go hand in hand. So he actually spells better than I do, because he had Orton-Gillingham-based instruction. Um, 
yeah. from the get-go. And I, I had phonics in school, but I did not have the rules that he was taught. And, and I had Latin in school, but like he understands morphology. He's taken Latin and grammar. Where things come we from. Followed, yeah. We followed we followed the science reading science, the science of reading where you do phonemic awareness and decoding and all the things that come with it. And, and anyone that's done Orton Gillingham knows that, or anyone that's done science of reading based programs, you you can't take them apart. You can't just focus on reading without doing writing. And that's, I think what he's found is, you know, I find Orton Gillingham is so intense, even with uh, 200 hours of practicum hours, we never got into the deep writing. We never got into that. We got into teaching the phonemic awareness, how to do the drills, and how to teach all the sounds, because there's so many sounds kids have to learn. And with my reading program, I think, you know, my writing actually comes with the workbooks. I have um, I have phonemic, you know, I have fourth, first through fourth grade workbook, like, a, you know, workbook, um, disposable or consumable. And then I have another two workbooks for fifth grade and above that are consumables. And those go through a lot of the writing strategies, but still it's not write a paragraph, write two paragraphs. It's not that kind of writing instruction. So where did you get that writing instruction to, so you, you're, you got, you're set with the college, right, Tyler? Mm -hmm. Cause your mom was bragging Mm -hmm. all about the tests you were taking and how high you scored and where you got admitted. So Tell us about that, and where did you get some extra writing support? Uh, I got some extra writing support from a website, I believe, called Time for Learning. Time for Learning, and then Write Shop. We've and done. then Write Shop. Uh, okay. Time for Learning taught me to put my writing into blocks, like opening, point, 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 end, opening points, midpoints ending points yeah and there's essentials in writing we did and essentials in writing basically was like talk about it it was different it was list five animals choose an animal list five verbs that the animal can do choose the verb and literally it's shapes project read does something similar where it's like now that put put in the square the noun put in the circle the verb put in the rectangle what they're doing and literally they had them building out sentences this is a pronoun now add to that sentence and it sounds crazy but it was like blocks yeah just it, it was done the same way we teach reading except it was done with words and yeah. you had what blocks like diamonds blocks uh we had mm-hmm. what else animals there were actions there were buildings yeah, and and so like he would have to list out, and so it would be like identify this. You would do brainstorming, and then they would have in the square is the noun. Put the noun you choose. So and, and we did also something that is from when the Mad Libs, Mad Libs, yeah, Mad Libs, Mad Libs. <laughs> it's crazy. Mad Libs are easy to do, but because it's harder for him to understand the parts of speech and how it works, we would do Mad Libs. All like right. on travel and so he started to learn nouns verbs adjectives what made sense and they're funny but then that translated into knowing how to do the sentences and then the phonemic awareness and the decoding actually is why he spells really well 
because he well, I'm trying to see. Rules. I'm trying to see how he fit it all in because a typical day of tutoring on Zoom, if a kid does three days, that's amazing because there's such another demand on their schedule. So two to three days is teaching the phonemic awareness. And it looks like you're doing like the writing supplements on your own on those other days and on weekends, yep. right? Yes. Uh, it's less like tutoring and we made it a whole class. Uh-huh. Uh, that's how I would put it. We had a class for phonics so that I could fully get those down and fully understand those. And then we had a full class for how to write how to sentence structure, how to do paragraphs, how to do essays. We well, had a full class on the rules of uh, things. There was a whole time when multisyllable, using multisyllable words, we spent a whole semester on using multisyllable words, how, what um, phonemic sounds go based on what rules. But mm -hmm. is this you, Becky, or is this the instruction he was getting? So some of it is the instruction I took. So we did uh, multiple things. I took instruction. Um, I've got, of course, a step-by-step -step dyslexia, but logic of English I did. Um, I used uh, uh, a person by the name of Upstate Pediatric Speech, Dr. Shana Williamson, who takes Medicaid. Um, and my other son has autism, went to them, and she does neurobiofeedback. And Tyler went to her for 18 months where she did neurobiofeedback and gave explicit instruction for his auditory processing disorder and for his writing. Okay. Um, he has a service plan through the Clover School District here in South Carolina where he gets 30 minutes a week and Ms. Mallon's his speech teacher and he's in his fifth year, I believe, fifth year? Uh, yeah. Fourth or fifth year with them. I know so 30 minutes we, a week isn't much, but with everything else he's doing. Right. We so, it in, right? I mean, He's homeschooled, and part of the reason he's homeschooled is because he's twice exceptional, which means he's gifted. Um, it's really hard for people to wrap around their brain how you can have a child that can understand um, and explain to adults in very simple terms like the Constitution or economics um, or even algebraic theories because he plays Dungeons and Dragons and Warhammer. So he can explain algebra to you in gaming term amazing that's amazing and he does really good at it but if you ask him to do the formula on paper he like it's like i don't know and they're like but it's the same thing they don't understand how learning disabilities work so the assumption is he's lazy he's lying or he's just not really that smart okay you know one of the women i was looking for her well her name because i haven't spoken to her for a little bit but Maria um, per Maria Davis Perkins is a member of the International Dyslexia Association here in California. We're in the Tri-County branch, and she teaches writing strategies. And I know she's always sending information to people through the umbrella, under the umbrella of um, International Dyslexia Association to help with workshops, to help with writing. But what you, Becky, what you've done to help Tyler is really a lot. I don't know if parents have the time to do all that you've done. So we want to encourage I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, we got to be realistic. My husband's a computer programmer. I cashed out my 401k. I started a business and we sold our house so that I could provide individualized instruction that was needed. And by the time 
my child was tested. Um, we went from, he was in the, the high, he dropped down and we brought him back up. He's got a 4.0 at college with auditory processing disorder, dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia. He's got all the specific learning disabilities um, and ADHD and his ADHD is really bad. Um, he doesn't take medication. He can't. There's a, there's a genetic reason. Neither, none of us in the family can take the typical ADHD meds. So that doesn't work for us. So we pulled him out and I looked for means because um, I wasn't going to let my kids fail. But not everyone can do that. I'm 100% on board with that. People can't do that. I don't know very many yeah. people that can drop everything, move to a smaller house That's and dedicate right. their lives to, I'm going to make this work and I'm going to make sure my kids have what they need. What I would say is that a lot of what it was is I searched out resources and I was willing to drive two hours and three hours for occupational therapists to do that. We've seen people for auditory processing disorder. We've tried programs, um, the ADHD, we did neurobiofeedback. Yeah. Neurobiofeedback was a game changer, but most people that's going to be a hundred dollars a pop. So realistically, what I did was go through and try to find programs that would be easy for yeah professionals to learn and ways to do it after a certain point to see were there ways that could be done that teachers could do it inexpensively um, to address these issues and get skill sets so that they could find ways to do it. What I've done is put together private services for him. And we went from a child that was having problems and was getting by on accommodations um, but still with the accommodations was on the brink of a big crash to a kid that's got a 4.0, his first semester at college part-time and has a 4.91, um, going into that semester with significant hearing issues. I mean, his auditory processing is such that if there's background noise, it's basically like he's deaf. Uh, it depends on the volume of the background noise, if it's equal to or louder than whoever's talking, I just, I kind of blank on whatever Interesting. So yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in, in Latin, um, he's doing great. Um, I would say yeah. he's, you had, I mean, it took him six weeks to write his research paper for school, but he did a good job on it and he worked hard on it. And, and I think that's one thing, I, one thing that I think has been a game changer that anyone can do is Tyler uses tools. And I think that's something that really, um, he can talk about that, but he doesn't, he doesn't handwrite, he uses tools. And as a high school student and as a college student, that's, that's the game changer for him. Realistically, I got to tell you, yeah. it's not that he can't read and do this stuff, but he is not ashamed to say, I have dyslexia and I have to do. Well, um, yeah. A few examples of that would be I frequently type uh, as it's just easier, I have poor handwriting personally, so I type. Uh, it's also easier to get words down when they're placed on the keyboard already, or letters and which letters which, because it's just this letter is this one, this letter is this one. You don't have to remember which letter is which. Grammarly. Uh, yeah, Grammarly. Mm -hmm. uh, it helps... It is an app that helps with punctuation and spelling. Uh, it also helps with 
well, a lot of punctuation when you're doing mm, making a sentence too wordy. Uh, when you're not adding enough or when your phrasing is weird. Do you also do, do a speech to text? Uh, I do text to speech text sometimes. To speech. Yeah. Uh, or speech to text. Yeah. And he does the Otter app. So instead of taking notes when he's in class or something, he has something called the Otter app he runs. Uh, it basically, to text. He talks and it writes. No, it's better than that even. Uh, okay. The Otter app records the entire conversation and transcribes it with a pretty good amount of accuracy. Sometimes it'll get words mixed up, but generally it doesn't. That's so that wonderful. Allows him to focus on listening instead of taking notes. Uh huh. And then he can go back and and do that. And that's he because he's working on an Eagle Scout project. And one of the things he's done for Boy Scouts especially is he has to attend meetings. You had to attend a board meeting, mm -hmm. and you have to take these notes and you have to document. And that's one of the ways he's done it. He also because he does have a mild math disability. But he uses his tools actually to help with that, with time management, planning, organization. What do you? I mean, I set I set timers for when I have certain things so that I can remember my schedule throughout the day. Um, money wise, amazing. money wise, I write down my money. I actually type it in a Google Doc to make sure I know how much I have. And I divide it into savings and pocket money. I'm so proud of you. That's amazing. So, so me, I mean, yeah. So let I'm me talk decide. about. Let me talk about the the atmosphere of the home. We we say that when kids with dyslexia learn to read, the home turns from a battlefield to a playground. Is the atmosphere so much better in your home now that you can read? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely better. I have an easier time of just life in general, being able to read without major inconvenience. And when he was reading in kindergarten through third grade, he read like four books. There were four books he would read, only four books, and he uh -huh. had them memorized. Uh huh. Uh, yes, they were all written by Brandon Sanderson. How, yeah, many books, and, how many how many books do you have time to read now though? Uh entire bookshelves and I'm particularly I read a series called the Spellmonger books. Uh it's a fantasy book series and each book is about the size of a Lord of the Rings novel. Whoa. How many are in that series? Uh currently 14 13, I believe. Sheesh. And you read a lot of those. Well, that might be good for some of the other high schoolers to get some ideas what they could read when they learn to read. So, Tyler, what do you want to do with when you? So, a lot of us change careers. Education is my third career. And then I had a lot of little jobs in between. But what do you think you want to do when you're out of college or even while you're in college? Uh, I'm planning on possibly pursuing psychology. Yeah. Uh, but also cooking interests me. Uh-huh. Uh, during college, I'm probably going to get a job in 
either customer service or fast food. Okay. To work to get to help bring some money in while you're in college. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds uh, really. Currently, I walk dogs. I walk a lot of dogs, pets. It. Oh, well, that's good. Good way to bring income in when you're in high school. I was a mm-hmm. parking attendant. Can you believe my first job was being a parking attendant, running to get cars late at night when people would have their restaurant parties? That certainly sounds interesting. Yeah, friend, it sure is. Okay, well, we need to wrap this up. So let me ask you, what what would your final closing words be to the audience? Uh, don't be afraid to admit you need help. Ask for it and it'll help you. You'll be able to do better. Okay, so that's to you high schoolers. I, I hope parents are pulling their kids in to hear you. And let's let this thing go viral to show you support. And let the kids in high school know they they don't need to drop out of high school. There's support out there for you. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much. I'm Dr. Marianne Cintron, and thank you for tuning in. If what we have shared has inspired you, we are a nonprofit organization. Please visit our website at dyslexia-solutions.com and consider making a donation. We appreciate you. Until next week, bye-bye now. for listening to this podcast in its entirety. If what we shared today has inspired you, would you please visit our website, dyslexia-solutions.com and consider making a donation so that we can keep these podcasts going. Also, please subscribe to our channel and find me on, on Instagram, Marianne Cintron. Thank you again for tuning in and may God bless you.